0: but mm-hmm. anxiety and imposter syndrome are so ingrained in our like dna almost like it's you know cuz yeah. when you think about how like black people were brought over as enslaved people and told you ain't shit but i'm going to make you like work and you can do all this you know strict you know heavy work heavy lifting and all this but you still ain't shit and it's just like you're lazy and shiftless but I want you to work my, my fucking fields anyway. It's just like, what? <laughs> so it's just like, it's a mind fuck.
1: Yeah, that's literally what it is. And especially like being a creative, uh, I mean, being a black person in any any sphere, they're like, okay, well, we're not really gonna pay you, but let's see what you can do. Let's audition your skills for say like six months and then we'll see if we wanna pay you. Right. If you're still here.
0: right? Exactly. And while you're here, we'll steal all your cool ideas and just like rebrand the shit. (laughs) Welcome to the What is Black podcast, where we attempt to defy the myth of a black monolith. I'm your host, Jason McCoy. This podcast wouldn't be possible without your listenership. So please subscribe to us on all the podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcast and Spotify. And share with your friends and enemies. What is Black Podcast is kept independent and ad-free thanks to your donations. So please find all the links on how you can help us keep this going by visiting whatisblackpodcast.com. Without further ado, let's break on in. It's a, it's just crazy, like, you know, the theft of black creativity.
1: While also being like, you better dance, nigga. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Put on those tapping shoes. (laughs) Like, you better put dance, nigga, and smile. Shuck and drive. Show them teeth.
1: (laughs) I mean, literally, I hear my wife, like, getting on a call, like a Zoom, like, from home call. And, like, her boss is like, good morning. And she's like, hey. She's like, what's wrong? Why aren't you, like... And she's like, I have a lot on my plate. <laughs> Thank you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. like, really? Really? All of this? And I have to, like, do it with a smile I, while not getting paid?
0: Yeah. I think I've gotten so much better at um, just letting people know, like, like, off the rip. It's just like, look, this is how I'm feeling. And this is how things are going to go. So if at any point you know i feel a bit i seem a little bit off it's probably because Mm -hmm. i am a little bit off and let's just roll with it and we'll get through it like that's how like kind of the vibe that i go into all meetings with now um and it's so far it's been like you know working working for me especially since i i I mean i work in like a lot of like um like predominantly white arenas and industry and like In a predominantly white industry, so just like off rip, I let everybody know, like, look, this is where I'm coming from today, and this is what what, I'm dealing with. So, let's just roll with this and see where this goes. We'll get to the end of it. It'll be, it is what it is. And what do you do? So I'm a graphic artist slash image consultant. I do now. I'm doing the transition from doing graphic art where I actually get my like hands dirty making the art to image mm-hmm. consulting which is putting all the pieces in place so i won't actually like do like you know the design work i'll hire a designer or i'll hire an illustrator to do something i'll hire somebody who excuse me, shoots video and somebody who makes websites and i'll just like put all those pieces together for a client and then mm-hmm. make like a complete package for them so that okay. like all their visuals like all their visual output that's like their branding, their messaging, their packaging, etc. It all stays consistent and looks dope. Um, <laughs> because that. that's what like a lot like I and I work in a, with a lot of nonprofits and small businesses, and that's one thing that they're tremendously lacking is that consistency. It's just like they'll come up with like a logo in Comic Sans and the logo's red, but then like everything they do is just like golden pink and it's just like, no, no, you, you can't do that. <laughs> so yeah.
1: Attention to detail, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's what like, I I'd really push that. Like, you know, that's what I I do for you with my services. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I, you know, make sure everything's consistent and looks dope so if you don't have to. You could do what you do, which is like your business. So like if yeah. you're if you're a baker, like let me worry about your logo, let me worry about your branding, let me worry about like how you package your baked goods, let me worry about like how you market and advertise them. I'll do all that. You just focus on baking. Honestly. Yeah. And like, um, I mean, this isn't about me, but I'll just let you know. Like, <laughs> I know, I,
1: I'm an interviewer myself. There. I'd be like,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Like I said, this is like, wild, it's well conversational. Um, so I started working with, uh, this program called scale, which is through limelight. And they, it's a fellowship that focuses specifically on helping black women in the black women and femmes in the music industry. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a fellowship of eight black women and femmes who um, are reached that point in their career where they're just like, okay, we gigged out, we got our sound together. Now it's time for us to go to like the next level and start actually right. like either going the independent route or approaching labels. And they like, like they, the organizers put together like a litany of like just like dope. Uh, like facilitators, and I'm one of the facilitators, and my job is to help them with like branding and like you know figuring out like what they what their image should look like or like the image that they're presenting, how to accentuate it and mm-hmm. you know amplify it.
1: That's so cool.
0: Yeah, and then of course you know the anxieties and imposter syndrome, like bitch, you don't know what the fuck you do. <laughs> right, you're
2: like who are you? Like who, who do you think you are? <laughs>
0: so yeah but like i mean it's dope um but again we're not here to talk about me so much i mean every it'll come out like this whole thing is an exercise and vanity (laughs) really (laughs) right for all involved (laughs) we're here to talk about you so i am sitting here with the playful majestic centaur jez Hello, Jez, again.
1: Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you?
0: I am, for the most part, doing well now that I got, like, the old, like, this is how I'm feeling out the way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Come um, therapy first.
0: Yes, exactly. Got to get that out the way before you actually start to feel comfortable enough to say, like, I'm fine.
1: So, <laughs>
0: I'm fine.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: yeah. And I hope you are all also fine
1: I am I just got some sun so I'm feeling good
0: Dope Sun is important you need that like like the actual vitamin D not the wrap vitamin D but like the actual vitamin d genuinely right right.
1: you need to go you're a plant you need to also (laughs) be in the sun for some time of the day
0: exactly so that's good i live in pittsburgh where it's gray like 98 percent of the time like even in summer if you get there's like Shades of gray. So if you get like light oh. gray, you're good.
1: Right, that's a short day.
0: Right, it's just like yes, I feel that I can go out tanning today because it's light gray. Oh. <laughs> so, Usually overcast. Yeah, exactly. So why don't you tell us about who you are?
1: Okay, um, I am a first generation American. Uh, both my parents are from the Caribbean. Um, I was born in Brooklyn, um, grew up in Long Island, um, ultimately going back to Brooklyn. I went to college on Staten Island, studied musical theater. That was like a huge passion of mine for a long time. Um, got into acting, uh, you know, like film acting, uh, TV, doing extra background work and stuff like that. Um, and then... I, you know, I came out as trans in, like, 2017, and from there, I was just like, fuck it, and started kind of, like, living my life as I always saw myself as, like, a little kid, and, you know, started dressing up a little bit more, you know, like, just really showing my authentic self through uh, my outward appearance. And then in 2018, me and my partner moved here and I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to start working on my solo music. I want to like focus on me. I want to like make me like a package of like someone that I want to sell. And also just like, you know, I love music. I love writing. Um, and so this is something that I've like always wanted to do secretly. I feel like I didn't really like tell people that I wanted to like release music of my own. Um but yeah, like I, I released a tape called Pepper Pot. Um it came out in August of twenty twenty last year. And it's done it's done well. Um I you know, I recouped at least half of the sales that right. I, you know that I that I spent on it. So, so I feel I, I accomplished. <laughs> right. Um uh, uh and you know, um it's it's it, it's really been awesome to, to be like working on music producing and learning how to use a DAW, which is a digital audio workspace. Um, I use Ableton and just figuring out how to take my previous theater and like music knowledge and meld that with, you know, wanting to produce and release my own music. Um, And it's been trying it, you know, it took me two years from wanting to do it to actually releasing something. Mm. And It's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, You know, I have so much music that's like on my computer that is unreleased. And like, I feel like that's a great place to be in. You know, I went from the place of having no music and, you know, recording into my cell phone to like, oh shit, like I have like a, a, a workspace and I can like, you know, sit down at my computer and like have all the tools I need to like, record and release
0: a song you know so that's pretty awesome yeah that's dope so before we get into like the like the thick of things i want to like you know ask a grounding question oh, yeah. and like mm-hmm. something that's like like get really like deep for a second before we start to like crawl back out into the sunshine so this is mm-hmm. my this is like a really you know serious and important question so you know being been all around tasted you know, many areas. Who makes the best pepper pot out of all Ooh. the Caribbean countries? <laughs> oh, wow. So I've had um, Guyanese, had Trini, had Jamaican. Okay.
1: what do you think? I'm going to ask you first. Okay.
0: Because
1: I didn't tell you where in the Caribbean I'm from. Right, so right, So right. you might get your ass bust. Hold on. All right, <laughs> all
0: right, please don't bust my ass. I'm going to say that while... Like, you know, Guyanese pepper pot is, is, is delicious. Like, I dig Trini pepper pot more.
1: Okay. I'm both. <laughs> okay. I'm both. So okay. you're, 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 you're safe there. Um, I believe it. I believe it. I mean, I, I made my first pot of like actual, good pepper pot like this past christmas mm. and i used things in it that i know my family definitely didn't use and so i grew up with my guy side of the family so mm. i want to say whatever i used was the trimming side of me mm. <laughs> <laughs> I used, like orange peel i used like a different type of pepper because over here um i don't really see scotch bonnets much i'm in california mm. by the way right okay so um I don't really see, you know. You see the like off-brand, like Weary Peppers or whatever. I guess Weary is, you know, Scotch bonnet. But mm. um, my pepper pot was really good, and I made it in the pressure cooker, like in my um, in my rice cooker. Right, right. All you know, like the ancestors were over me, like, yes,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Were they like yeah. mas- massaging your shoulders? Like, don't exactly. worry, child. It would be okay.
1: <laughs> exactly. They told me exactly how much seasoning to put in. I also
0: just started making like me and my wife started making roti. Mm. Yeah. That's one thing I miss about like not being in New York is getting good roti. Oh. Like, I mean, because so like there's like good. Caribbean, there's like a few Caribbean spots. Well, actually, you know, I'm not even gonna lie, there's like three Caribbean spots like in the entirety of Pittsburgh that I'm aware of. And like they're like roti is like one of the things that like it's like roti, beef patties, and what's the uh, um goat always oh. sell out first it's like the first things that are like done and
1: what is with caribbeans and goat i don't know why they love goat meat so much <laughs> i
0: don't know i mean <laughs> i'm a i'm a fan of it too i'm not gonna front and but right. like i can never find it like and i'm not gonna make it because like one i don't know how and two it's just like that seems like a long and laborious process to like prep goat to then curry like
1: yeah, I don't make those. That's not my favorite thing to make. I'll make, like, a cute little
0: chicken, maybe a shrimp or right. something. But, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. So, what goes, like, what goes into, like, you you mentioned orange peel. And what, mm. was, the, what was the other pepper? It was, like, you said weary?
1: Oh, yeah, weary pepper. Weary yeah, pepper. Yeah, yeah,
0: So, like, what else goes into your, like, pepper pot that, like, makes it so unique and makes it so, like, jazz? Hmm.
1: Um, I love seasonings. Like I, I was always told, like, as a little kid, like I always wanted to go and help like season the food. Like mm-hmm. always wanted to help season the food. So like, for me, I'm, I'm very much like, sabor, like all the flavor, like I want that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I think like, I love a garlic powder. Mm-hmm. I love, I love to mince garlic and put garlic powder in there. I don't know you know, maybe some anti-vampire shit. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. And, um, I see that different people use different types of, uh, syrup, which is like the cassava syrup that yeah. goes in it. So I think it's something to do with like where you buy your, your, your cashew. Mm. Cause I have like a, a Guyanese auntie out here that I like, you know, I made her adopt me and I was like, Oh, I'm making my pepper pot. And she was like, what kind of fucking like cashew you use? And right. I was like, I don't know, this one? She was like, I've never seen that before. Like, I don't know what kind of ketchup that is. I'm like, oh,
0: maybe it's not good. But did it end up, it turned out being good, though? Or you didn't? It was was delicious. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to give her the deference, but I was like, I can't find another ketchup syrup syrup in California. Like,
0: Yeah. uh, Like, supplies are limited. So... I mean, what is the scene for like, I guess, like, you know, like people from the islands out there? Like, is it? I don't like I've been out there maybe twice. So like, what's it? What's the vibe out there for like, you know, like Caribbean people?
1: In in, in the Caribbean?
0: No, in L.A. Oh,
1: in L.A. Yeah. Um. So like I said, uh, like I met this really, really wonderful woman um, named. God, what is her name? Yannette Allen. Mm-hmm. She's she has a she has a um a stand called Caribbean gourmet and she makes authentic Guyanese and you know trendy Caribbean food. Mm-hmm. Um and she's just like the sweetest, most personable person I've ever met. Like first time I met, she like delivered the food to my house, mm. like 30 minutes away. And she's just like and I said to her, I was like, I love you. You're my auntie now. Like, right. And she was like, I love you. Like, I don't mind. But I love you. Like, you're so cute. Um, but other than that, I don't really like see and know many, you know, Caribbean people. Mm. Every time that I've met a Caribbean person, they've been Trini, though. Mm. Like, I, she's the only Guyanese person I've ever met. Oh, wait, you know what? I, met, I actually met another Guyanese woman recently. But other than that, it's always Trini people. Always, 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 tranny people, and they're always like dark tranny people.
0: Mm-mm. I wonder what is so what, like, what is it out about out there that's like attracting all these trannies.
1: <laughs> we like the
0: sun. Oh yeah, we that's like, true.
1: We like the sun. It's like <laughs> it's, it's just cold in New York. I don't true. know why all of them went all the way to New York.
0: I mean, why does anybody? I, I think about that all the time. So it's just like, why does anybody? Because like you got out and went out to L.A., like I got out and moved to Pittsburgh, which is not that far like to be perfectly honest it's not that far from new york right um but like i still had to like get out of new york like what prompted you to bounce out of new york and then move to the west coast
1: i was over in new york I, I know people are probably going to be like really bitch you were over <laughs> new york yeah um but like I, you know i left new york when i was 25 years old so oh. i spent 25 years in new york and like living in every borough you know getting gentrified out it's just like that's why most people leave where they're from you know because yeah. they can't afford it anymore and i remember before i got my last apartment there um we were like looking for you know we were going to realtors brokers whatever and this, you know this black woman who was showing us the apartment just straight up looked us in the eye and was like, these colleges, like, their parents are paying Mm. their rent for the whole year up front. And if you can do that, you'll probably have a better chance, but in the area that you're looking at, mind you, I grew up in that area. The woman that was showing us also grew up in that area, but she was like, I can only afford to live here because I work for them. Mm. So it's like, you know, it's shitty. So, like, you know, getting priced out, um, wanting to be around legal weed.
0: Mm, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Wanting to
1: be around legal weed. Um, my, my wife's from here, my wife's from, um, like in the desert. And Mm. so, you know, like they have family out here. So I was like, okay, like, you know, this feels like something that we can go to as opposed to like just going to some random state that we don't know anybody. Um, and you know i just i needed space i needed actual space and i feel like i have it out here like i feel like i can breathe i can think i can walk outside of my house and go to the beach you know Mm. like i can't get that in new york and so like i i I can't pass it up you know
0: right so like prices because like prices are comparable but it's the fact that like in la you get just like access to space as opposed to like New York. Everybody's like stacked on top of each other and is like, you know, miserable together. (laughs) At least in LA you can be miserable separately.
1: (laughs) Correct. And like, I live, I I don't live in LA proper. I live about like 30 miles out of LA. What they don't tell you is that LA is not like Manhattan. It's Mm. not like, Oh, 20 minute walk. And I'm like in upper Manhattan or whatever. It's like, No, a 30 minute drive and you might be like you know where you want to be like Malibu to like you know Manhattan Beach is vast and it doesn't
0: look like that on the map but it is I know when I I was I went out to visit a friend and um, they were they live in uh, Beverly Hills and they were just like oh a friend like another friend's having a party out in Koreatown my stupid ass was thinking like oh Koreatown we just like you know a couple of steps away just like we. how are we getting there are we like walking or are we taking a cab they're like no we're going to drive and i'm like all right fine whatever and i fell asleep in the back seat on the way to get to this party because it was so fucking far and i'm just like geez, everything is like it is legit sprawling out there yes
1: and then not to mention like la traffic yep not to mention the damn traffic, oh my God,
0: so how was it adjusting to like you know going from like the dead assness of Brooklyn, Hello? New York to like yeah, a hey, cause of the west coast of California?
1: I will say like there's one like this is this would be the like close to camera moment, cali niggers, why do y'all? Always want to scuff up your brand new fucking sneakers. I don't understand no. it. Oh, wait, what? Well, that's no. What, that's what uh, they do. Wait. That's what they do. That's how you show that you're not a poser. Wait. They have niggas stomping on their shoes. No. Yes. Yes, the converse is on the chucks.
0: Oh my god. That's like that sounds tragic.
1: <laughs> so I've walking around with my, my like brand new sneakers, and people be looking at me like,
0: you're not from around here. Because I'm like, bitch, step on my shoe for what? We are fighting. (laughs) You know what? That makes sense. Because, like, when I was out there, of course, you know, coming from New York, everything was fresh, clean. And, like, people were talking about me, like, around me. And just, like, you know, like, like, straight up judging me around me. And I'm just like, yo, I can hear you. Like, you're talking about, and they were, like, talking about my fit and everything like that. And like they were like talking about like you know they went from like hat to kicks and they were talking about the kicks and they were being like real specific about it but I was just like yeah they're they're dope but like I feel like you're being hostile towards my kicks right now and now that makes more that makes a lot of sense that like the whole because they, they were they
1: don't like they don't have street culture you know like nobody walks around like uh, it's like different like if you're around people it's like oh but well, most of these motherfuckers are in their car so it's like if you perfect perfect example i went into a thrift store the other day off the beaten path and i swear to god these clothes yes old vintage cute whatever but for the most part they didn't look like they, as a new yorker they weren't fresh they weren't like popping right but these shits were like 500 dollars i was gagging i was like wait this is <laughs> ugly why is <$500? laughs> dollars? like this looks like it's been through the goodwill um <laughs> you know? and, but it's got a price tag on it and i'm like no shade goodwill no shade but
0: like yeah you gotta you know shout out to the the god goodwill
1: <laughs> that's what it's like here like it, I, I was told that like you know the people who quote unquote have money dress down significantly mm. to like that's a part of showing that they have money like oh i have this like fucking tattered and torn t-shirt but it cost me a g and it's like i will never get that that's the culture shock for me like i don't understand that
0: right yeah like you just like blew my mind with the whole like you get your scuff kicks is like the way to do it out there. I'm just like I could yes. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Sorry. I've got like a whole like
1: people like, would make shit about that. Like about making second <laughs> <it> on shoes <laughs> Like you know what I mean? Like,
0: it's like some w- weird rite of passage to just be like <laughs> I'm just imagining like to, like, you know, like a circle, people in like robes and everything like that and they're holding oh like a fresh pair of chucks, and they're just like now. Right, step on them. <laughs> just like, <laughs> right, your final boss. Right, kicks getting jumped in.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I don't understand that. Um, I also had to learn how to drive. You know, yep. I learned how to drive at twenty five. I got my license out here, and that's wild. I still don't drive on the highways because people are crazy. Yeah. People are unwell, honestly, and like. To, to see the way that, like, people drive and, and, and like, there's a huge, huge um, problem with people being inebriated while they drive here. Really? Uh, whether that's, like, pills, whether that's drinking. Yeah, like, the culture here is to, like, learn how to, like, drive as you learn how to drink. Uh, because of, like, yeah. That's
0: yeah. no bueno. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild so, scary. Yeah, it's
1: very huge here.
0: Yeah, like I'm still like apprehensive about getting on the highway, like here. Well, I guess like in is it's, it's like different. It is like, I would say equally um, dangerous or scary to get on the highway here only because you have like 200 feet to cross a eight lane highway <laughs> to get to your exit. Like that's all you get and everything is bridges. So it's just like, you're either on a bridge Or you're on this like eight-lane highway to get and like you have like, okay, you gotta make your exit like that. And so it's a constant race. And people here also are like, they're either overly polite to where it's just like this after you know, after you, in order to like, you know, do anything, like make a turn and get into another lane, or they're just not paying attention and they feel like entitled to the entire road. And tunnels. They don't like tunnels here. They're so freaky about tunnels. Like, when they come up to a tunnel, they, like, drop 10 miles an hour. It's just like, why? It's just a tunnel.
1: That's like raining here. When it rains, everybody Ah. acts like there's, like, missiles falling from the (laughs) sky. Like, they don't know how to drive. Right. Yeah. It's kooky. It's really like, okay, y'all. Like, okay. All
0: right. So, switching gears, I wanted to definitely talk about the Peppa Pot EP. Um so yeah. I listened to like I listened to it quite a few times and like I definitely have a favorite, but I think it's a favorite for a reason. So before I tell mm-hmm. you which song is my favorite off of that, I wanted to know what was the inspiration behind the entire project.
1: Um okay, so when I first started the project, I just really wanted to release something. Um I had, had like I had been on this journey of visualizing writing hundred songs basically, um, in my last apartment. So I literally like me and my partner put up like, uh, you know, uh, visualizations of like, okay, this is where you need to get to in order to like release something, you know? Cause I was having a hard time actualizing like uh, music. I was like writing some stuff to other people's beats and I was doing this and that. And then finally, like I got all my equipment up and I was like, okay, let's tinker. And as soon as that happened, the pandemic hit. Mm. And I had I had some, some shitty job and I wasn't happy. And I was like, okay, like I'm gonna leave, like some shit happens. And I was just like, fuck it, I'm gonna leave. And I left. And then literally two weeks later, the pandemic happened. Mm. So I was like, okay, like I had these like grand ideas and whatever. And so I just locked myself in a room, in this room actually, um, for a week. <laughs> And I wrote Peppa Pot. and what it ended up being about was like me growing up and like falling in love with my partner, which like I didn't expect it to come out to be like that, but it, it just did. It was like, you know, me talking about being, you know, a lusty 22 year old and being like, <laughs> who's out here? Like y'all cute, y'all looking for me? like going to this pride parade and this festival and hooking up with that person and just like I wanted love you know mm-hmm. I i had never been in a I wouldn't say I, I had never been in a serious relationship before but I don't think um I took it as seriously before we met and so being kind of like thrusted into a relationship was like everything that I had asked for and prayed for, but being 22 and being, you know, a, a fucking party boy, like, right. it was like, okay, like, how do I do this? Because when I met my 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 wife, like, she was working at, as a coordinator at a charter high school, had, like, all of this experience with, like, in the queer community in Brooklyn, and had done go-going, had done all mm. this shit, and I was just like some young queer from Long Island that like moved back to like my hometown of Brooklyn and was just like figuring it out and um, so I think like you know uh, I think it's the the first song that is that like that story Switch Mm. Um, just like talking about you know like what it felt like to be a person that felt like in control of their sexuality, not only cause I had, I had previously like only been in relationships really with men. Mm-hmm. Um I had like one girlfriend uh, when I, when I like turned 21 and you know, she cheated on me a bunch mm. and I was so devastated from that. And I didn't like, you know, that's why I was hoeing around. Um, cause <laughs> I was just like, I don't know what to do. right? Um You know, like I thought, I thought I was building, but I wasn't. So start over. And I kind of had this, like, whole year of, like, okay, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely, like, a, you know, more of, like, a gay or a queer person. I never labeled myself. Um, and then, like, meeting Shalia, who's my wife, I was just like, oh, well, yeah, I'm queer. Oh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm femme, like, but Man. I'm not, like, a woman. And, like... I, you know, like my gender is like not necessarily how I express and like kind of like falling in love and having like your whole like gender identity explode at the same time was like mm. the thought process behind this whole thing, you know, because Peppa Pot is not from the um, perspective of someone who is a straight cis woman, right. you know, Um so it's like kind of, if you don't know someone who is of, you know, queer identity or anything like that, you kind of have to like, stretch your mind and like, listen to the lyrics because there's some shit in there. Yeah. You know, I say some like a little.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, because like straight up, like Switch, like set it up, like set the tone. Like once like I heard Switch, I was just like, oh, okay, got it. Yep. I know, like, now I know, like yeah. now I know where this album is coming from, and I know the perspective. At least, like, I could, um, like, tell that there was, like, a, a definite narrative that was, like, happening, you know, throughout, like, throughout this, and it was telling, like, the story, and while I couldn't, like, you know, like, I couldn't personally identify with it because it was it's not my story. I was just, like, no, I know, I see that I can <laughs> hear the story, like, what's going on in the song, yeah. and just, like, how each song, like, led to the next, and even down to, like, the the titles of each track I was just like oh this is like okay i see like this is like building up to something right and so, absolutely absolutely you hit the nail and then so like i was so like my favorite track off of there i guess is like the one that it's like almost at the end is a uh, lover's call and like it was my favorite track and i was listening to it and i was just like why do I dig this one the most out of all like all your tracks? And I was just like, oh, because this shit reminds me of Crystal Waters. <laughs> I was getting like a Yay, Crystal yeah, Waters you. vibe from it. I'm just like, yes. oh, okay, <laughs> that's that's it. So yeah, you see me? You see me. Yeah. And so, like, I was just like, oh, this is, like, really dope. So, like, that's the track that, like, of all your tracks, like, I've been, like, playing the most because it was just, like, that throwback vibe of just, like, when Crystal Waters was uh, dominating the the scene. Like, it's just, like, she was, like, dominating radio and the club scene. So, yeah. Yeah, she's,
1: like, I would say of my, of my, like, people that I look up to, like, the greats, it would be Crystal Waters, you know, Cece Penniston, mm. Cheryl Lynn, like, the women who were dominating dance, but also giving messaging. Barbara Tucker. I, like, research Barbara Tucker who did, you know, that? who has the, she made the mix of, you know, the um, deep, deep inside, deep, mm. okay. deep down yeah.
2: inside. Yeah. yeah, so that's
1: Barbara Tucker. She has a song called Beautiful People, and Kanye has sampled that song and her, like, discography so much in his music and she's the only person in history to have a permanent residency in a v-star
0: oh shit that's crazy
1: that's that's wild she she can play there whenever she wants
0: that's like that's tremendous and
1: so that's who I look up to. That's where I want to be. Like, that's the canon for me.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, I have, a, like, a residency in, like, basically the place where, like, club dance lives forever. <laughs> it's immortal there. I have, like, a exactly. residency there. It's, like, so... That's, like, a huge fucking accomplishment. So, yeah, that's, like, I mean, a good person to look up to. Like, a a good bar to, like, aspire towards. So Exactly. And I was also reminded of like from the Pepperpot EP, like the Pepperpot EP, and then a couple of other songs that you had up on like um, SoundCloud. I just like I just kept overall got this uh, like tricky McSynic- like tricky from the Maxine era of um, tricky mm-hmm. um, vibe from it. So were you at all influenced by like trip hop, or was that like it just happened to coincide?
1: I love trip hop. Um I uh I I just love like trip hop, acid jazz, like any of that kind of like melding, you know, um of of those genres is just like so dope to me. Um one of you know the greatest people that I've seen live, even though you know she's proven to be slightly problematic, or I won't even say slightly, she is problematic. Um, Sia, uh, you know, I grew up on Sia. I yeah, saw her right. live. I saw her at Webster Hall when it was, you know, before it got closed down. I like chopped my ID and like I was seventeen <laughs> years old. You know, I right. I was not eighteen, but I needed to see Sia. And like so, she and like her early stuff with like zero seven and mm. just like her early stuff in general is like a huge influence on me. Uh, you know, so like she also rides that line of like trip hop and acid jazz and stuff like that. And then people like, um, there's a, an artist named IMDDB. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. No,
0: not familiar with them.
1: She's really dope. She's from the UK. She's a, uh, she's a dope black girl from the UK who has like this really dulcet tone over these, like, she calls herself urban jazz, you know, mm, like, mm-hmm. And and I really, I rock with that, 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 um, that description of what she does. So yeah, I would definitely call myself like trip hop. Like I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm, you know, the, the mini Trini gladiator. Uh, <laughs> I grew up on Five Dog and, you know, I grew up on, you know, bus Rhymes and, you know, all that shit. Right. That. So like, all of that is, is influenced in me. And like, you know, I, I I changed my name to jazz like I love jazz music so much I changed my name to jazz you know so like all of that all of those things influence me so much and especially like with jazz like people say you know if you don't understand it it's jazz if if, Mm, uh, if it sounds wrong it's jazz so that's how I feel about my music and, and myself I'm like hey if you don't like it
2: It's jazz. If you don't understand it,
0: it's jazz. It's like, don't worry about it. It's jazz. Oh. Exactly. It's jazz. Right. You see. You see. Right, right. So speaking of, like, like not really defined, like, being influenced by everything and not really, like, uh, defining, like, even yourself in anything, like, the music industry as a whole is already, like, fucked up. And it's like rife with just like fuckery upon fuckery. Um, How do you navigate being a Black, queer, trans, independent artist, like an industry that's, you know, pretty much not really out to promote acts like you?
1: Um. I don't worry about the industry uh, like I think I definitely want to keep my head down and definitely create uh, great working relationships with people and get my foot in the door and network and do all of that. But I, the industry is not looking for me, so like I can't sit here and wait for someone to notice me on Instagram or Twitter or wherever and say, oh, my God, you're right for a deal, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I feel like my whole life has been of my imagination and my creation and my foresight. So like, I even have trouble like trying to like pitch myself to people because mm. I'm unseen, you know, I'm I'm, not, I'm, 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 I'm unprecedented. Not to say that I'm original, but like I, there's not the closest person that you could connect me to would be like a Grace Jones. Mm. And that's not in this time, you know, Grace Jones is not, Making club bangers right now. Right. I mean, I don't know. Let me not. Let me not say. I don't know. True, you never great. know. Let, yeah. me, let me not talk. She let me not talk.
0: Low key on but, something like. Oh um, wait, that's Grace Jones.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But um I think you know. I, I just have to create create a future that I want to see. Create a future that I, I exist and live in. And I think. <laughs> Um, a lot of people, especially in the industry, they don't want to hear about my identity politics. Right. Um, I've been in spaces before where, you know, someone just heard my music and from that wanted to get in contact with me. And the person who was trying to connect us was trying to remind this person of my pronouns. And he got mad. He was mad. He was like, oh, one of those people. And, like, you know, for me, right. like, that tells me all I have to know. You know, like, and that's okay that you're like that. But you could be like that away from me. Right. And so I know, I have to know my place and where I stand <laughs> and where where it, it's okay for me to show up. And, like, being queer, you know, I, I even though I'm unprecedented in the music industry in that way, like, I, being a queer person, like, Every black face looks like me. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> just like you know, like a lot of black non-binary people look like me. Like I'm not like an original, outstanding, like never-before-seen human. I do have sparkle and shine and all of that, but it, it, in the queer community, I'm just like I'm another friend, nigga. You know, right, right. like that's just it. Um, but yeah, like I, for me, like I'm, I'm an actor. I'm a performer. I model. So, like, keeping all of those avenues open for myself is also really important to me because you see in the music industry that everybody has their hands in in many different pots, Mm -hmm. and that's how you keep the hustle going. That's how you keep upping the trap and upping your bag. It's just, like, doing many things, you know? For me, like, my bag is getting better at producing getting better at learning how to do audio engineering for myself, because then it's a talent I can lend to friends and other people Mm. Um, getting my, my studio game up, knowing how to record and film myself because that's something that I can help other people with because the industry is not looking to help you. The industry is looking to make a bag off of you. You're the product, right? They're just the people with, money and they, they need you but they also don't need you so it's like for me i i, I want to keep myself close to the vet and keep it you know for us by us no. you know it, it's definitely impossible you look at someone like snow the product who has been working her ass off yeah. for a decade and she has done so much and i'm so like proud of her because the, you see the people who have been with her i've been with her since day one mm-hmm. and she takes care of her people and like that's something that i would love to stand on and just be about you know my whole life like take care of your people people get paid first you know somebody's working with you they get paid first and then you worry about you know recouping your assets afterwards right and there's not enough people that feel like that they don't want to pay anybody
0: oh you are nail on the head and i don't understand why it's like it's it's not Exclusive to like the like music industry, but like I've worked with like of all like people that I've worked with, it always seems to be like almost every like person in the music industry that I work with does not want to pay shit. It's just like yo, all right, I'm gonna need you to put down that fifty percent deposit, and they're just like ah, yo, all right, so how about we work a deal? It's just like there's no deal, nigga. Just fifty percent deposit. It's that simple, like (laughs) like. that's it all you got to do. Have. I know, it's not even... I'm not even asking you for the whole thing. It's just like, yo, 50% deposit and then balance due net, like, 60. If you can't, like, recoup, like, like that or, you know, pay me that in, like, two fucking months, then I would suggest you reevaluate what the hell you it is that you're doing and stop trying to fuck over people that look like you because, like... <laughs> we got to eat too. Like, and I can't, it's especially like when you look at like design and art, like, or like on my side of things, it's just like so undervalued um, by like yes. most people. And then when you like, you know, p- people who like it, like black artists in the music industry, especially it, it hurts extra when they're just like, when they don't want to pay you. I'm just like. You know what it's like. Like, you've gone through the same shit. Like, you are going through the same shit or similar shit. Like, why don't you want to pay me? <laughs> so, like, that part That's is like, well.
1: Yeah. I always ask them, like, what's your fee up front? Because for me, it's just like, I know what it's like to chase someone for your money. Right. Like, I've been in a production before that was so emotionally draining. Like, they had us, I won't get into like I won't name the person, but it was like, they had us doing uh, repeating just like really traumatic shit every mm. hour on the hour as a part of like the production. Mm. And then when it was all over, like I literally had to go and like, look for, I had to ask multiple people like who was going to pay me right. and I would gotten a ticket. I had borrowed my landlord's car when I first moved here. Awesome. First of all, my first landlord was a Haitian dude mm. from Flatbush. So that's how I got my first apartment <laughs> yeah. in LA. The he was like, oh, he was like, we're family. Um, right. And I had borrowed his car to go to LA for this gig, and I got a $70 ticket right in front. And so already, you know, part of that money was going to get eaten mm. by the fact that I got a parking ticket. And then I literally went home with no money.
0: I cried all the way home because I went home with no money Jeez. and I got a parking ticket. That's yeah. It's like, I mean, again, it's getting better. Like I feel like leaves it leaves and bounds It's getting better, but it's still so like it happens, it still happens too often. Like that whole not wanting to pay people for like, you know, their original work, especially like when you're in like, you know, white predominant spaces and they don't want to pay you like it's like the extra pain of having somebody who like you know your kinfolk or your skinfolk it's just like they're just like ah yeah it's like nah like really you really trying to get a, a discount yeah like a discount what's that meme? there was like there were like those memes going around like um uh, i mean along those lines i don't remember the memes exactly because my memory's horrible but like along those lines it was just like saying like yo stop asking black people for discounts or like it was like black people stop asking black people for yeah. discounts or some shit like that <laughs> it's just like i'll hook you That's up not the way to work. right i'll hook you up but i still got bills to pay like you know and like the way that i'll hook you up is i'll do like Something extra for you, but you still gotta pay me my fee.
1: Niggas don't want to pay, and niggas don't want to tell.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's like I don't. I hate when stereotypes ring true, and I'm not saying that they always ring true, but like there's an a modicum of like truth to every stereotype, like a modicum, yeah. Like, and it's just like you, motherfucker. Like <laughs> you like, just making me you look really? bad. <laughs>
1: like dead ass like you really for me like when people even you know digital doing service like i will give you a tip i give my audio engineer a tip like when he's done my project thank you for working on this i only got 20 but thank you right you know what i mean like go get yourself a fucking coffee for like dealing with my ass
0: right you know uh and so Flip side of that is like um, there was an artist I had asked to do some work for me for a project and they had quoted me one price and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, that's like way too low. Why you like it was like I'll just throw numbers like so. They had quoted me 150 and I was like, no, mm-hmm. the work you're doing is worth at least twice that. So I'm going to pay you twice that, you know, for the work. And they just ghosted me <laughs> it's like the fact that i was saying like no you're worth more than that like you should definitely be charging more i'm going to give you like you know what i think you're actually work worth and after that like they just ghosted me and i'm just like did they not know how to deal is the like they didn't know how to deal with like somebody who's saying like no you're worth more you should be charging more because like That's part of what I do too. It's like with the image consulting thing, it's like, you know, figuring out like the ins and outs, it's like a holistic approach to it. So I look at like your business and like your business practices and say like, all right, well, this is, you're hurting here. So let's figure out a way that we can address this while we're working on like your branding scheme and like all that stuff. And yeah, she just like, they just start ghosting me. And I was just like, I'm trying to pay you twice what you asked and you're running away from me. And it wasn't like, you know, because first thing I do is with living with anxiety. The first thing I was like, was it me? Did I do something? Did I say something? And I like went back through my emails and like double checked. I'm like, nah, I wasn't like, you know, overly aggressive or anything like that. It's just like, okay, here's the thing. Here's like the statement of work or the working agreement. And I'm going to actually pay you double what you asked. And then once they got those forms they Just ghosted me, and I was just like, This is crazy. That's this has so got to change. Weird. Yeah,
1: I feel like people do run when they need to get paid too. Like, they people will go all around about to pay you, and they will go all around about to get paid too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, why does this ball need to be in my court? I'm just trying to pay you, honey. Like, take this money, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm gonna spend it, like, please just take it,
0: right? But, It's, yeah, so it's, like, it's an interesting paradigm of just, like, you know, like, all three, like, uh, sides of that triangle just trying to figure it out. And I'm just, like, I want black people to get paid, and yet black people are running away from the money I'm trying to give them.
1: (laughs) Well, it goes back to the beginning of our conversation that, like, simultaneously, like those two things, like working you like a dog, but also telling you you are a dog, you know what I mean? So it's like, damn, I'm like, I don't feel like I'm deserving, you know what I mean? It's that imposter syndrome, like, I don't feel like I deserve to, like, get that, so I'm like, the the Brooklyn queer scene, Mm. got my ass together, like, people had, like, you know, adult jobs, and I was not an adult at the time when I was there, you know, I was like, A young young adult, but I was Mm. I was giving you know (laughs) scattered and like people who I became friends with who were like older black queers would be like yeah like come come like come get paid at my job like Mm. these people have too much money like come get paid like seriously like yeah just do a poetry night and like tell me how much you want. And, like, I'll make it happen.
2: Right, right. You
1: know what I mean? Like, being like, no, name your price. Like, you're worth it. Name your price. Yeah. And so, like, that definitely radicalized me and, like, completely changed my mind about things because I definitely was on, you know, that scarcity mentality mm-hmm. and, you know, don't let people have things and don't let people know things and da 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 And it's like, no. Like, we help us. We feed us. Like, let your people know when there's opportunities for them. And even now, like, some of my close friends like if they see a casting that I'm right for they'll send mm. me
0: they'll be like hey this is for you right. like you would be perfect for this yeah that's scared. like again you hit it on the head with like the scarcity mindset it's just like that like tricks you into believing like there's there can only be one on some like Highlander shit where it's just like you can't have like more than one or you can't have like too much like and it just it prevents like you from Evolving or growing, really. And it's, I mean, I don't have any answers. It's so true. It's so true. Like, I don't have answers. I don't pretend to fucking have answers. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's wild. Right. And it, it weighs heavy on my soul, at least. Yeah. So, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about before I go, because I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about this. So, okay. What do you you mentioned that um, in like a pre pre interview thing that uh, about like Afrofuturism and Afrofuturism is like a hot topic like now especially amongst like uh, like black creatives and after like Black Panther came out everybody was just like Wakanda forever and throwing up the fucking X and shit like that so what does (laughs) what does Black in all five senses look, smell, taste, sound, and feel like in the future to you?
1: Ooh, ooh. what does black feel like in the future? Uh, black in the future, it feels like people understanding. Black as a whole, I think that there is a great chasm with Black people understanding themselves. Um, I'm rewatching Lovecraft right now, mm. and also doing kind of like an, an analysis with my partner. And there's something to be said about the um, the scene with uh, the the episode three Holy Ghost with Letty getting the um, oh spoiler alert. Sorry oh, yeah, for shit, anybody who uh, has yeah. not watched Lovecraft Country.
0: Yeah, you gotta put that out nowadays. Excuse me,
1: excuse me, excuse me. Disclaimer, if you have not watched Lovecraft Country, please pause or skip ahead. <laughs> um, but in episode three, uh, when Letty has that house, um she doesn't know how to like work with what's going on around her and the magic and da-da-da-da-da. And she, you know, gets this Priestess that comes and, you know, uh, protects the house and then Christina, the white woman, can't get in. Mm. And I was thinking about this, about, you know, about uh, robbing black people of their identity um, in all ways so that then whatever you give them, whatever you put on the consciousness after you've stripped everything is what they hold on to the most because it was put into them with fear. Mm -hmm. And anything put into you with fear is the thing that you're going, it's going to be your root, you know? Absolutely. And so I was thinking about how, like, Letty had no, um, no, like, connection to her Black spirituality and she had to go out and have someone help her with her protection. And the the kind of, like, the shook, like, look of Christina, you know, a white person who knows the history of these black people not knowing magic mm. and counting on it. And this mm. kind of, like, moment of, like, nigga, who taught you how to read? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that moment. Right. And so... <laughs> You know, so it's like, um, like like watching that, it makes me think about like back to what I was saying, I wish that black people would be able to connect on that on a stripping level, on sh- you know, not stripping away the old things, but stripping away the supremacist aspects of your identity that you've been given,
2: mm.
1: you know, because I see a lot in black folks that, sometimes they want to just be on top. They want white supremacy with their faces on them. And mm, like, that's yeah. not conducive to like liberation for anyone, and specifically not for us. So um, feeling-wise, I want Black people to feel the breadth of this experience and to not put judgment on things that they don't understand because there's so much that we don't understand. And that, uh, just being loving and being actually like coming down to seeing people at their core is how we're going to like get through shit. Cause a lot of, a lot of infighting is what I experienced, you know, in my marginalized identity, Mm -hmm. um, it's just like, you know, I'm not allowed to do certain things with this. I'm not allowed to do certain things with that respectability, this, you know, all of the things and not to mention being a person who looks very womanly but is not and having to have that conversation all the time with black people and you know having not very pleasant interactions because of it um and we both don't deserve that you don't deserve to be on the misunderstanding side of it and i don't deserve to be misunderstood
2: right
1: uh I would say what it looks like. Ooh, moisturized. Uh, (laughs) Fucking. (laughs) Um, Hydrated. Uh, Colors. Colors. Let black people have colors. Okay? Stop telling black people they can't wear certain colors. Stop it. Right. Let them have colors. Like I had to convince my wife that she could wear yellow because, you know, her whole life people told her because she's light skinned she can't wear yellow.
0: Why? That's like, that is like, of all colors, that is our color. (laughs) Like, the way that it pops off our skin tone, like, especially from like, dark to light skinned like, black people, the way yellow pops off is just like, that's our color, I would say, of all colors. Exactly. And that's why I made
1: them buy the dress because I was like, who told you that? No, no, no. This is for you. Right. Like, You can have that, you know. Um, I want, you know, Afrofuturism, the, the Black people in the future to look like, look like we do now. We look like so many different fucking things. And I want more of that like i love the diversity in 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 the black experience and seeing like some of my friends have like nappy body hair and like you know as opposed to like i don't so it's like like seeing all the differences and nuances of black is so incredible and i just like want more of that i just want it to multiply um i would say it sounds like <laughs> Ooh, it sounds like jazz. <laughs> it jazz. sounds like jazz. Just jazz.
2: Okay.
1: Exactly, there we go. Yeah, we, we don't understand it. It's jazz. Um, It smells like, ooh, oh, it smells like fucking Thanksgiving. Even though that's like a racist, like, columnist fucking holiday, I, I, it's more of like... It smells like good food. It smells like sweetness, deliciousness, decadence. Um, dare I say chocolate? I hate to, to compare black people to chocolate, but you know, like the sweet indulgent aspect of that. Um, uh, you know, blackness is—I don't know—it's fucking everything. It's 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 syrup. It's you know it's molasses. It's all the things. Sorry, give me one second because my phone is dying. Okay. Let's put the. <laughs> yes. Got it. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, Girl, come on now. Okay, it's true. Okay, that's cool. Um, I said look, smell, sound, feel. What's the last one?
0: Look, smell, sound, feel, taste.
1: Ah, taste. Ooh. It tastes like... I don't know. Like... I don't know, maybe, I don't know. A good pepper pot? Uh, You know, there's the word umami. Yeah, like a good pepper pot, you know, (laughs) always like indulging in those flavors, come back to those flavors all the time. A a good stew that keeps feeding you. Mm. I feel like Black people are like understanding how to feed each other more. And I want that to continue, you know, like this pandemic has, put so much of a spotlight on like there's so much disparity between like all of our lives you know what I mean It it definitely like shine down on the fact that like there's a lot of people who have that don't know that they have and there's a lot of people that that don't have that don't know that they don't have (laughs) and so like I just hope that, that we just keep loving on each other and keep like supporting each other and like figuring out ways to show up. Um, and, and that doesn't always have to be, like, monetarily. Like, just genuinely caring and showing up for each other in ways that are going to feed us and and help our kids grow. You know what I mean? Because we're going to pass away, and this shit is all going to go to dust. But, like, there are other people that are going to come after us that are going to be standing on our shoulders. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, 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 like, we have to make sure that this shit looks right and it feels right for them.
0: Absolutely. So, is there anything that you have that you would like to plug, shout out, um, social media, etc., that everyone should be checking for?
1: Yes! I actually have a single coming out next Friday on March 5th, Bandcamp Friday, Um, It is called Older with Time. It's, you know, literally everything that I just talked about, you know, the feeling of this pandemic making you feel like, oh, wow, like I'm getting significantly older while like time feels stagnant. Um, And just, you know, thinking about. It's kind of like, you know, kind of like a spell siren song of like, I'm sitting here just like with my thoughts spiraling about time passing me by while I'm in my fucking house.
0: Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> During a pandemic.
1: Uh, a whole panty.
0: <laughs> cool. And where can people find you on the interwebs?
1: You can find me at jezhoo, J-E-Z dot W-H-O. Uh, sometimes underscore between those two, Uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Bandcamp, uh, SoundCloud, and I believe those are all the places that I live. YouTube, also on YouTube. Um, I also have a Patreon that you can subscribe to for as low as $5. I have posts that uh, go up every Sunday, ranging from, you know, podcasting, poetry, writing, musings, I'm a big nerd. I love to research, so I have a lot of research on there about the history of like New York City queers and history of Black uh, queer people. So, lots of awesome information. I'm a uh, well of knowledge, and I love to share with people. So, yeah, um, and yeah, I think that's it. Jezzy dot W H O
0: Cool. I'll be sharing and include that into in the description as well of the podcast, so everyone can look in the description and read something. So before we go, Hello. quite briefly, if you could sum up mm-hmm. everything uh, in this in the answer for this one question: What is black?
1: Black is.
0: Black is eternal. Black is eternal. Dope. I dig it. All right, Jez, thank you for taking part in this. This was lovely. I had a great time. I hope you did as well.
1: It was awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. I did.
0: It was lovely to meet you. Same here. And um, like, I'll definitely, uh, you know, keep watching you on Instagram, checking your Instagram live and just uh, keep you in contact with, you know, keep in contact with you. Everything, you know, that's coming out. Let's keep this. uh, What is black experience going for everyone?